0: Hey, everybody, it's Kai. Today, instead of our usual Tuesday show, we're bringing you a special episode of Marketplace Tech. It's about AI in the workplace, how it's already being used and how it might change the way we work in the years to come. Here you go.
1: It's been framed as a productivity powerhouse, a crutch, or a competitor. But what's really happening right now with AI on the job? From American Public Media, this is Marketplace Tech. I'm Megan McCarty Carino. So you might have heard there's a lot of talk about how new generative artificial intelligence tools like chatbots and image generators could upend work.
0: AI has just taken off massively over the last few months.
1: Tonight, a stark warning that artificial intelligence
0: could lead to the extinction of humanity. AI is already in the workforce.
2: Artificial intelligence website known as ChatGPT.
0: Be able to defend our position when
1: someone asks us, why hire you as opposed to just getting AI. In our special AI on the Job, we're diving deeper into how this technology is already disrupting workplaces, not in some speculative future, but now. What kind of work is AI automating, augmenting, or creating an entirely new market for? Kamalish Lardi says AI is already widely used in many industries. She's the CEO of Lardi & Partner, a consulting company in Switzerland. We've seen automation as well of complex tasks, as well as acceleration of decision-making processes and creation of of high-value insights for quicker decision-making, for quicker and accelerated business activities. As a consultant, Lardi sees an increasing number of large companies looking to generative AI to take over mundane administrative tasks. But this technology can do more than automate routine work.
2: We are
1: seeing uh, generative AI systems really able to create good content and also generate original content, which was something fairly new. That could help grow productivity by one and a half percent a year over a decade, according to a Goldman Sachs report. Those kinds of gains would be great, says Lardy, but she worries about how companies will go about integrating this technology. For instance, by replacing entire departments like HR. If you replace that with an AI-based system, the data and information that's being used might not be as unbiased or might not be as diverse or might not be as, you know, considering uncommon or common sense elements that a human being might consider. But in many cases, this technology could augment human workers instead of replace them. According to Yossi Sheffi, he's the director of the MIT Center for Transportation and Logistics. He points to an earlier technology as an example, the wide-scale deployment of robots in warehouses like Amazon's. Instead of people running around the warehouses, the people stand and the robots run around the warehouses. But they bring the work to the
0: people who then put it in boxes, package them, whatever.
1: In the same way, a large language model could improve customer service calls by suggesting responses to common questions that a human representative might want to offer, depending on the conversational context. But working with this new technology could require learning new skills, says Sheffi. Those workers who don't or can't adjust could be left behind.
0: They'll have to do low-level, simple jobs that also a machine can do. And the reason that they do it is because they're cheaper than, than the machine.
1: Still, neither he nor Lardy see AI causing mass unemployment. But Lardy says she'd like to see some regulation that protects employees from potential displacement. So what does it mean to work alongside AI. And how might these tools influence the skills we do or don't learn on the job? This tech is still relatively new, but we're already seeing evidence of its effect in certain sectors. A working paper from Stanford and MIT earlier this year looked at how thousands of customer support agents used a generative AI chatbot to help them with responses to tech support questions. And the researchers found that on average, it improved productivity, but the effects weren't equally distributed, says Lindsay Raymond, an MIT researcher and co-author of the study. The most experienced workers see no to even small negative effects of the AI being turned on for them, while the less experienced and least productive workers see on average 30 to 35% improvements in productivity. Which, according to Raymond, isn't how things usually go. Historically, there has been a pattern of skill-biased technological change where more skilled slash more educated workers have benefited more from technology. She says AI might help the inexperienced workers learn how to do their jobs faster. But also... It's possible that they're actually not building skills they would usually learn in this job. Of course, these tools have their problems. Hallucinations, potential for biased or just generic outputs. So... Knowing the right thing to say to an angry customer or how to write an original creative story or design striking visuals without AI, those are still likely to be valuable skills. But knowing how to use these tools to maximum effect could also become important as this tech begins to permeate every corner of the economy. Nitin Rakesh is CEO of Emphasis, a technology consulting firm. Almost
0: every industry, every client community we talk to is at this point in time in the discovery phase of how Gen AI can impact their business.
1: Rakesh says those clients range from banking to even investment management. They may not want to be left behind in a potential AI-powered productivity race. But the same could be said for the workers, especially those in knowledge economy jobs vulnerable to generative AI's disruptive effects. That's partly why Carrie Harrison, a UK-based copywriter of nearly 20 years, recently added ChatGPT to her own workflow. Harrison says the experience has improved her creative writing. Because I just don't think there's any room now for mediocre, lazy copywriting. We have to be able to distinguish ourselves from ChatGPT. Does generative AI have the potential to completely automate and replace experienced workers like Harrison in the near future? That was a real fear after she learned of an early AI system that her clients were using to generate email subject lines back in 2017. And I just remember thinking, oh my goodness, like, what does this mean for me as a writer? And perhaps my days are numbered. That's when she started learning how to use AI in her work and now trains and consults other copywriters and businesses interested in using tools like ChatGPT. She says it's helped mostly with basic tasks like creating an outline or getting over writer's block. But when it comes to work like creating original ad campaigns... It just can't do that because everything it creates is a regurgitation, as it were. But having AI do the basics is enough for some.
0: I've spoken to people who are using these tools to write their blogs and to write their newsletters, and they're happy with that outcome.
1: And it's already enough for some employers, even deep-pocketed ones like Disney. The studio recently confirmed it relied on AI to generate much of the opening credit art for its new Marvel Disney Plus show Secret Invasion. Some copywriters have also lost contract gigs or been laid off due to AI outsourcing, according to recent reporting in The Washington Post. But these tools could make creative workers more productive, says Bill Swartout, a professor of computer science at the University of Southern California. He compares generative AI's introduction to when calculators became a widespread and cheap tool.
2: It removes the drudgery and allows you to uh, uh, focus on the higher level concepts that you're supposed to be learning.
1: Out is also co-director of the university's forthcoming Center for Generative AI and Society. He says one of the center's goals is to help students learn how to utilize these tools creatively.
2: We're preparing people to work out in the world eventually, and they will be going out into a world where a uh, chat definitely exists
1: Holly Willis, professor at USC's School of Cinematic Arts and co-director of the school's new AI Center, says she's sensing mixed feelings from some students about these tools. Both an excitement about the possibilities of creatively and, you know, will the skills that I'm building in my studies right now be relevant when I graduate? As for Carrie Harrison, she thinks people, especially in her line of work, should at least try these tools out. But... Keep in mind that
0: this isn't a silver bullet, whatever anyone says. There's still issues with it.
1: This is a special episode of Marketplace Tech. What happens when AI goes to work. We'll be right back. We all want
0: to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts.
1: We're back with a special episode of Marketplace Tech. What happens when AI goes to work? I'm Megan McCarty Carino. It's clear AI has the potential to take over at least parts of some jobs. And there are those who say that doesn't have to be bad. By making some tasks more efficient and eliminating others, AI could open up more time for original thinking and supercharge the creative process. That's how Matthew Hitcham sees ChatGPT.
2: So I would say I probably use it for at least a couple of hours per day in my marketing business.
1: As an AI entrepreneur with his own digital marketing agency, Hitchum uses the chatbot in writing video scripts, social media content, and emails for clients. You might say he and the bot finish each other's sentences.
2: I may do things like have, you know, 40% done and I can't think of a way to finish something. So I'll ask it, give me five different options as to how I can finish this sentence or as to how I can finish this video. And it will do that.
1: Earlier this year, economists at Goldman Sachs predicted AI could expose about 300 million jobs to automation, saying already about a quarter of existing work tasks could be done by AI, particularly in the legal industry. And that's exactly where Jake Heller sees his product fitting in. He's the co-founder and CEO of Case Text, a company that makes an AI tool for lawyers called CoCounsel.
2: I,
0: I think there'd be certain tasks that lawyers won't do anymore or will do far less of in the future. And I think for a lot of those tasks, lawyers are going to say good riddance.
1: Things like document review, writing legal memos, and analyzing contracts. Heller says this goes way beyond his product and his industry.
2: I think
0: every single professional is going to have an AI assistant supporting them in their work sometime over the next five years. I think it's going to become ubiquitous.
1: Joe Gibson is the managing attorney of the Employment Law Center of Maryland. He uses co-counsel as exactly that.
0: It definitely functions like an assistant. It does assist me in performing my job duties faster, better than I could before.
1: But despite its impressive capabilities, Gibson says he's not worried about AI replacing human lawyers anytime soon
0: it really augments our capabilities as lawyers. It can't replace it. So you
1: you can't put it on autopilot.
0: You can't trust it entirely. You still have to use your brain. So right now, it, it shouldn't be replacing me. But if it does, uh, I could use the vacation.
1: In the meantime, AI entrepreneur Matthew Hitcham says you don't have to wait for a specialized AI assistant to come to you. Why not use ChatGPT to build one yourself?
2: The way that people are really going to make money using ChatGPT at the moment is via the API and creating plugins, automating tasks and creating virtual assistants in specific categories. Apps like that, that's where the money is, I think. That's that's where the billionaires will be made.
1: New technologies like generative AI chatbots don't just replace some jobs and change others. They also create new ones, spawning markets for products and services we never could have imagined, like
2: consultative sales AI.
1: Sridhar Mari had been working in tech and customer experience for years when he got an idea for a new business last summer. His daughter was getting ready for a party after her college graduation and had been searching for just the right outfit and accessories online.
2: She wanted something very effortless, cool, and any cosmetics would be not tested on animals. They have to be eco-friendly.
1: She scrolled and scrolled and filtered and sorted, but still couldn't find quite what she was looking for. So Mari decided to create the solution, an AI chatbot that could recommend products based on conversations with users. The new company is called FlyFish.
2: You know, they bring in this humanized experience and, you know, multi-turn conversational capabilities. But what is Flyfish bringing to the table is the hyper-personalized product recommendations, product advice at the time of actually buying.
1: And to make that business a reality, he needs workers, from engineers to experts in user design, sales, and marketing. A report published this summer from Upwork, a platform for freelancers, shows that hundreds of companies are looking to hire more people to integrate this tech into their businesses. 64% of C-suite executives said that they do plan to hire more professionals in order to keep up with the demand that generative AI is causing in the workplace. That's Kelly Monahan, managing director of Upwork's Research Institute and author of the report. She surveyed 1,400 U.S. business leaders and says the most bullish industries are Business and professional services, software and technology, media and telecommunications, and then finally financial services. And not all these new jobs are for STEM experts. Monahan sees this technology as something that co-works with humans, who will still be relied on for soft skills, things like interpersonal communication or out-of-the-box problem solving. So develop the human skills, but also learn and recognize what generative AI is and what it's not, and learn how to incorporate it into your workflows. Sridhar Dharmari says as he scales up his startup, He'll be looking for applicants with a range of skills.
2: You know, the arts and humanities people uh, would come in, probably define the ethics, probably define the philosophy of what we're doing and why we're doing, how we should be doing. All those aspects are very, very critical.
1: And he'll need the help. Mari says a number of large brands, some of them household names, are piloting his consultative sales chatbot. That's it for our special Marketplace Tech episode, AI on the Job. This isn't the first, and it certainly won't be the last time we cover the massive unfolding shock of artificial intelligence in the workplace. There are so many unanswerable questions about how this will play out, which is why we wanted to ground our coverage in what's happening right now and what's happened in the past when disruptive technology comes to work. But there are some big caveats. New innovations, even fast-moving ones like AI, take time to filter through the business world. We're still in an economy adjusting from the last big shock of pandemic labor shortages, and unemployment remains near historic lows. Just how disruptive this transition turns out to be could hinge on how quickly it occurs. Will it follow the patterns we've seen before, the ones our experts alluded to with tractors or calculators or word processing software? Or are we staring down a force that's fundamentally different? It's a giant question we'll just have to keep asking as we continue to track AI on the job. Marketplace Tech is produced by Jesus Alvarado, Rosie Hughes, and Daniel Shin. Gary O'Keefe is our engineer. Daisy Palacios is the interim senior producer. Kelly Silvera is our executive producer. I'm Megan McCarty Carino, and that's Marketplace Tech. This is APM. We all want to be our best selves, but it
0: can be an expensive journey